Welcome to the Crowfall Podcast, where we share stories and perspectives from the world of Crowfall with your hosts, Chris and Walker. This is Walker, and this week we discuss the recently released 7.4 patch notes and look forward to the final week of this Dregs campaign. Be sure and follow us on Twitter and Minds at CrowfallPod. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. Chris, how are you doing today, man? I'm buoyant. <laughs> okay, all right. You are buoyant, and that's different than a lot of the ones you said in the past. How would you describe yourself as buoyant today? Well, you know, we, we've largely been outside of, of the drama, of the dregs. You know, when, when you get the alliances going and, and all the guilds and people are fighting over keeps and everything. Different agreements are made, misunderstandings. There's a lot that's going on in in the talkie-talkie part of Drex. And we have basically not paid attention to any of it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's very true. And uh, we've kind of just been playing our own game and having fun, doing what we do. And we've we've done the PvP. We've done a, quite a bit of keep sieges. This has probably been our most busy siege schedule. I would agree. But along with that, we've also been able to focus on the economy side of things, getting people more geared up, leveled up, vessels. And it's looking like that we've kind of placed ourselves in a pretty good position to make a run at getting some really good divine favor or uh, rewards, which is outside of the conquest side of things, mm-hmm. where the alliance gets the rewards. The divine favor goes directly to the guild, so you have to do those victory condition cards to get ranked in that. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, we definitely were, we definitely had the opportunity to be the most in the middle of drama that we, you could possibly be at the beginning <laughs> of this campaign. Yes. Yeah. I mean, legitimately, like we, you know, we, we basically got, I don't know, to say we were kicked out isn't really true. Yeah. Abandoned is more accurate, right? Left behind. Yeah, yeah. Basically, not as important. Yeah, we were like an orphan or something. You know what I mean? Which, to be clear, I don't think that orphans are unimportant. (laughs) (laughs) My point is that, my point is more that, like, that we were treated as an afterthought in the way that society may treat orphans as an afterthought. Yeah. But I mean, really, like, we, you know, and so we decided to go a different direction and, and ended up you know, partnering up with some different people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the people who basically told us like, yeah, you're not really very important to us, which is fine. That's their prerogative. They can, you know, they don't yeah. owe us. However they, they want to see it, I guess. Sure. Um, they then tried to twist that into a narrative where we had betrayed them. And yes. yeah. I mean, there's videos on Twitch of them talking about it. And all this. <laughs> I mean, to be clear, were that makes it sound like they did a, 
conference about it. It wasn't that serious either, but yeah, there's just, there's stuff in passing where they're mentioning it. And, um, and yeah, we just didn't engage. Right. And part of that is, I don't know who else is aware of this that listens to the show. I'm almost 40 years old. <laughs> All right. So I don't give a fuck yeah. about yeah. the, the weird feelings of strangers that I don't know or care about. Uh, especially in all, you know, given all this context where we were cool, they didn't really care about being cool. So we were again, cool about that by being like, Hey, we'll head out. No big deal. And then they try and turn it on its head and, and be all gross. Yeah. He yeah. said, he said, she said, blah, 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 right. Blah. Right. Which I mean, really right now, what I'm doing is probably the most engaged in it that we've been, but note we never talk about our own guild's name. I mean, it might be something people could figure out based on the stories that we tell. If they really um, cared, yeah. Yeah, but we don't name it. We don't name other other guilds. We don't name our alliance. We don't name, even still, I'm not naming the people who are the perpetrators of this drama, right? So Yeah, yeah. we're not uh, looking for all the dirty laundry and trying to make a story out of it. Well, because here's the truth, is that once it goes down that road, it it inevitably turns into something personal because that's that's the nature of, of that kind of stuff. And that's not what we're about. Like, yeah, when we PvP, we want to get the other guy and whatever. And, and I'm not above, you know, I don't know, whatever Internet PvP behavior is stereotypical. <laughs> I don't even know what it is because I don't haven't. It's not like I've teabagged someone in Crowfall or something. But, you know, my point, like. <laughs> Whatever, I could kill a guy and feel like, yeah, I got him and feel cool about it and EPing, whatever. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not above all of that. But the truth is, is that we just think that Crowfall is super cool. We think that it has an opportunity to be, to provide, I mean, it already does. But we think long term, it has an opportunity to provide a very unique experience in the fantasy MMO space that literally, you know, especially PvP, that's just not available anywhere else. And so we're way more interested in building up the whole community. I mean, if you go back to their, our first episodes of our podcast, we did a lot of episodes where we're promoting other content creators in the space, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because we just want to build everyone up, right? Like we're not interested in the drama and the, the infighting. And I don't mean all of this is a self-congratulatory pat on our back either. I say it just to say that, like, I think it's really easy, in a, especially in a war game, to get caught up in the us versus them stuff. And it's like, yeah, but do you want to play the game? <laughs> the biggest threat to Crowfall still is a lack of population. Yeah, it, it's the right. attrition. I mean, yeah. in any sort of war type video game where you're going to have progressing campaigns over time, I mean, people are going to take breaks. People are going to burn out. I mean, the real battle is keeping the population Mm-hmm. And considering that the campaigns are going to restart, I mean, we've already been in several different alliances and teamed up with various guilds for things. But, you know, someone that's your enemy may actually just be your closest ally next campaign. And the the guild that wanted to talk this, I mean, they're re- they're really good. I mean, as as far as PvP and groups and the way they go about things, they're very skilled. Right. You know, so it's not like a knock on, on their way of playing the game. 
It's just that we're kind of playing a different game. I mean, you know, they did all that, and I mean, there was a point where they didn't have any keeps anymore. Right. I mean, that's all I got to say about it, really. Right, yeah. (laughs) No, well, you know, I mean, I'll actually, you know, to take it the other direction, though, and we said this last week, I think, and and, but I I just think it's worth repeating, honestly, and and not the whole episode, but, you know, last week we talked about the value of the shot collar and Mm -hmm. how the shot collar, you know, you can have all of the equipment, you can have the, the levels, the vessels, the spec, the numbers, and if you don't have the appropriate leadership and willingness of the group to follow that leadership, it's, it's potentially very different outcomes, even though everything else is identical. Mm -hmm. So there's a huge value in that, but I think that it extends, I mean, the shot collar is super valuable in the actual fight, right? Right. Yes. But I think that, that beyond that, you know, our guild, especially, this is especially true in this way of our guild, but even the alliance that we're in, you know, at least for this campaign, I think it's true of as well. Everyone's pretty chill. Everyone's pretty cool. I haven't seen any drama from anyone, and I haven't seen anyone anything. Like, everyone's fine. And even in chat sometimes, like I have, you know, because you get 50 or 60 people in chat, and maybe literally like four of them start bantering, right? So it's not like it's this huge amount of people or something. But maybe they start bantering and it starts to go off the rails and it's no longer about the game and they're just kind of joking and it's good natured. But then someone else can chime in and be like, hey, guys, let's 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 keep chat to the fight or hey, let's keep it to this or hey, let's keep comms clear for this. And that's it. Like there's no rebuttal. There's no complaint. There's no there's not even a a little joke, you know, about like, okay, hall monitor or something like that. (laughs) Like there's I mean, really, though, there's nothing like everyone is super chill and that goes a long way, you know. It, it goes so long into into making it a, an environment that's fun to spend time in, because that's what you know. That's what the last decade of social media taught us was that we used to think that movies compete against other movies and video games compete against other video games, and, and we came to understand that really there's just a limited amount of time and attention that a person has, and everything is competing against everything for that time and attention. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, having a, a a chill environment where you know that the people playing are interested in playing the game and interested in trying to make each other better and just have fun makes it way easier to elect to spend your time in that space. Yeah. I mean, when it takes, you know, really good communication to accomplish some of these things, the voice chat can be very chaotic depending on how it goes. And it's nice that, we've been able we've been really lucky honestly to be in the alliances that we've been in largely we have not had any sort of communication issues like that when something is is going on a siege or you know take attacking a fort or whatever it may be i mean if we're doing something then that's not being interrupted and it yeah. makes it makes for you know, a really, a really good, efficient time when you do PVP. Yeah. Yeah. You know, real quick, I'll just, well, actually, so one of the thing I wanted to say is uh, this is our 24th episode, which will be coming out on December 8th. Congrats. Which eight and 24 to you and I is, is significant because of the, the, the number of the late, great Kobe Bryant. Yes, sir. And 
and I will say, and, and I think this is where you were going a little bit, but in response to the, the attempts at shit talking and drama that have been made, we adopted the, the Kobe status as it's known, which references an interview in a locker room that he did a very long time ago, where a reporter asks him about Raja Bell, who had said that he would be shutting Kobe down in their upcoming playoff series. Right. And she asked Kobe what he thought about that. And he just said, who, <laughs> who I've never heard of him. And just, just the most dismissive that yeah. you could be. And yeah, I mean, that's, that is how we responded to this. You know, they came with the, the, the tried to bring the heat and we just dipped and went and did our own thing. And we'll see on the scoreboard. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. So holla. Right. But yeah, so I the, so I I also wanted to just quickly touch on I do think that this dregs has been pretty interesting. It's cool to see that we're completely into the full swing of new power, right? Being at the top. It's it's not Winter Blades. It's not the same names that you saw forever at the very top. Mm-hmm. So I think that's super cool. And beyond that, you know, it, the top 2 guilds now, I don't know you know, depends on when a person listens to this. And even right now when we're recording, I haven't logged in in the last couple of hours uh, today. But the last time I checked, there was just a few thousand point difference between the number one and two spot. And then there was a pretty big gap between two and three. But then three, four and five were all under 10K point difference. I think I think four and five were under like a 5K point difference. So my point just being that like, you know, we've talked in the past about how in the last week of a dregs, things can kind of slow down because things are kind of established and people kind of, you know, have settled into wherever they're going to be. And I think in this one, you're going to see fighting until the end because there's actually a chance that people can flip some spots. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there, there has been some, some moving pieces as far as moving into next dregs and kind of spreading out that power base. So maybe that there are more alliances with keeps as of right now, there's basically three major alliances, but within that, that grouping, especially for the one and two spot, it's uh, still up for grabs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, that's something you and I had talked about before, probably on the show and then just privately as well. I know about like, ways to increase the number of alliances holding keeps mm-hmm. and i'm interested to see how that plays out going forward the, you know the next thing i want to talk about is the new 7.4 patch notes that are just released a little earlier today we're recording this on a tuesday night but anyway and so i i didn't notice anything in there about changes to alliance limits or anything like that so I don't know that there's being anything that's done to address it specifically in, in this next campaign. And, and to be clear, I don't actually think that it's like a fire alarm situation where they have to fix that right away. I don't think that is the number one problem they need to solve, for example. Right. But I do think that the the, the more and, and honestly, I think also part of it is really just a player population issue. Right. Like if we can get more players in, which, hey, maybe with the holiday break. You know, maybe we'll, we will see an influx of, of people trying it out again. Or maybe that it's been out a few months, you'll see people come back and try it again that maybe tried it at launch. But I think that if we can have, you know, if you had, if you've got 
eight keeps or 12 keeps, man, if you really had eight or 12 competitive guilds all vying over those, yes. that's a lot more interesting than, than just three larger alliances. So Absolutely. And I mean, I know there, there would be a lot of people that would look forward to having uh, less of a siege schedule. I mean, when you're owning multiple keeps, there's potentially multiple defenses. And if you're trying to gain territory offensives as well, if mostly the alliances say each had their one keep and we're trying to get a second, or maybe you're looking at more smaller scale fights over forts and outposts, a lot more spot switching because everyone would kind of be closer together mm. in points. But yeah, it would be an interesting landscape. And that spreading out of the power is kind of a push from the population itself. Like you said, there hasn't been any alliance population limit lowering, but the player base feels like the game could improve if there were more alliances and the keeps are spread out. So they're kind of looking at seeing how other options could could be with people pairing up and, and breaking off and so on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and to be clear, when I say player population, like, honestly, the, you know, there have been plenty of fights, right? Like you said, I mean, we've had a, a ton of fights this, this campaign. So I don't mean that as like, oh, the game is dead or something. That's not my point in saying that. It's more just that, the, I think the reason that you have primarily three alliances is because it is it is challenging to make every single siege defense, yes, right? Like, yes. And so as a result of that, maybe you have an alliance that has 500 people, but it's not like you, you're going to have really probably ever all 500 on it once. And you're probably not even going to have the exact same people day over day be able to show up. So it, it, just having a larger player base allows there to be more alliances that then have more players to cycle through those those defenses. But to your point, maybe that's a lot more manageable if there's only one or two a week that you need to show up to as opposed to, you know, 10. Yeah. And kind of with the way it is, everyone wants to be able to take advantage of keep if they have uh, high-level crafters or they want to gather and so on. So having a home base is kind of fueling that move into getting into bigger alliances as well. We know we're going to have a keep if we have 300, 400, however many people, right? Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, even outside of the crafting benefits, I mean, I'm not a legendary level crafter, right? Like I'm not making factory copies of stuff personally, right? Yeah. We have people in our guild that, that do that. But, but for me, the keep is fun just because it it kind of carves out an area that you can farm around because you can easily go back to turn to bank your stuff or to sell or whatever right yes so it, it creates a natural play area <laughs> on the map and i think that's really neat because then where you farm or where you hunt or whatever you want to call it is not exclusively based on you know, just where the best thing is or whatever. I mean, certainly that's still a factor. And obviously, you know, you could take more risk by going farther away or whatever. But 
yeah, I don't know. I really love the taking a taking a fort or a keep and then having a little section around that area of the map that it's not literally yours. Other people could still enter it, obviously, and you know, fight you or whatever. Uh-huh. But it's less likely. And yeah, it's just a it's just a cool thing that is wholly unique to this game. I don't know. I, I guess I shouldn't say that because Eve Online, you, you know, maybe you take over a, a, an area of space and and you would be more likely to farm around that or something. So, but I don't know. As far as a, a fantasy MMO goes, this is the first experience I've had with it in that way. Yeah, it makes it feel more like yours, uh, the, the area, I guess. Because mm-hmm. um, you actually own something in it, you can upgrade it, you pick mm-hmm. how you want to upgrade it. I mean, one of one of my favorite runs in Drake so far was, I mean, what was it, that day, two days where we had some some keep, or not, it wasn't a keep, it was a fort. Mm-hmm. And, and it was kind of like in a, a corner of the map, yep. in a higher level zone or whatever. So it wasn't like a big territory. But there was only one way to get into it. Yep. And so we ended up taking a couple of outposts like near the entrance of that small area mm-hmm. as kind of like a warning. But then, yeah, like largely farming in that area, it just felt, I don't know, cool to have that space <laughs> locked out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and again, I mean, especially if you're going to farm, if you're farming stuff that, like like if you're farming mobs like war tribe you know time at all uh-huh. your inventory just fills up pretty quickly especially if you're looting the bookshelves and chests and stuff and the houses that are in those camps mm-hmm. and so it's just useful to have i mean there the fort you're talking about specifically there was a war tribe pretty close by that was basically laid out in kind of a loop like a literal circle like the the way the camp was was structured so i would do a full loop and at the end of the loop, my inventory would be full. And then I would go back to the fort, vendor, bank, and then go back out and do the loop again. And that was, that. it just felt like a neat little, I don't know, like a like the puzzle pieces just all fit together very nicely, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I, you know, when, when everything's in place and working, it's like, I can see what, what dregs can be like. And it's tough when you're coming in as like a newer guild or maybe you don't have the alliances that we've had or, or so on. And you don't get to own something for an extended period of time. So it's harder to gather out of the temple. All the time. Yeah, it is. The other thing though, too, is that like, you know, when the game first started, the thing is, is that when a new game comes out, you kind of think that you're playing with mostly new people, right? Like, I don't know, like in a lot of games, whenever the game is brand new, the skill floor is very low, right? Because most of the people playing are new and and everyone sucks the same. So maybe you can, you can get ahead more quickly than you could joining a, later on when it's more established. I think in the long term, that'll probably be true for Crowfall. But I actually think that, like, right now is probably the best time for a new player to join. Because at launch, while the game was technically new as far as it was a new, new in a, in, in a full release version, it had been in beta for five years. And so it was largely dominated by people who completely understood the game 
And even if you could join them, like you're kind of a second class citizen if you don't already know what's happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that a lot of that is dissipated because a lot of those guilds clearly are no longer the, the most powerful ones. A lot of those people went to try new world or have taken breaks or at the very least, just the, their centers of power have kind of broken up more. And so I think now the community would be a lot easier for a new person to introduce themselves to and probably get find an easier time to get swept up into, you know, something that's already going. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Especially with they're talking about maybe shortening the campaigns or all the interesting improvements that are coming out in 7.4, like coming back and trying the game again or for the first time. I think it's a good time to to do that. Yeah, agreed. So yeah, so real quick, let's go through some of these uh, patch notes here. The very first one I personally am am super excited about. It's something that I've complained about since <laughs> the the day I played the game for with someone else for the first time. <laughs> and that is they're implementing group when in a group players can now right click their group members unit frame to bring up the group loot settings window. Group leaders can change the loot settings for gold to be free-for-all or even split, and for items to be free-for-all, roll, pass, or master looter. That's awesome. Yes. That is unbelievable that they finally did that. Like, <laughs> Oh, my God. No, no more splitting. No more. Yeah, everyone give me your stuff. Let's divvy it up. I mean, you'll still see it, I, I would assume, like if you're farming the elementals, uh -huh. because... Or like if you're you're gathering together because those things aren't drops on a mob, right? They like pop out into the world oh, yes, true. as a free floating object. Mm -hmm. So potentially there would still be some level of splitting to happen in, in those scenarios, but whatever. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. If I never have to split gold again, I will be very pleased. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's also just like, you know, when you're playing with your guildies, it's fine. And I guess in fairness, that's largely who I play with. It's not like I'm playing with strangers all the time. But, but the point I'm trying to get to, I guess, is just that when I play with someone new, there's always this uneasiness of like, well, I, I just kind of autopilot hit the loot button when I kill a mob, right? Because whatever, I'm used to farming by myself or whatever. You just fart, you just loot it. But you don't want the other, I don't want the other person to think I'm like greedy or trying to like <laughs> loot as fast as I can to prevent them from getting it or something. Because <laughs> again, I'm always willing to split. But I don't know. There's just this like weird tension of like, is this person going to try and steal <laughs> yeah. from us? Right. And this solves that. So, or like uh, be in the same group and then people are, are too nice and nobody loots and then it, it starts disappearing. It's like, no, no, it's, it's just pick it up. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, right. Or like, well, I've been in scenarios where I'm not really sure because I, again, you know, maybe I'm, it's a new group for me to play with. And so I'm not trying to seem greedy or something so i don't loot but then i notice that they're like running behind me to loot and then i wonder if they're irritated that i'm like they think i'm lazy and like refusing to press the button you know what i mean like mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. i don't know anyway too much angst over the loot no more thank you group loot it is a welcome improvement yes can't wait the next one on the list in in a way kind of ties to something you had suggested a few episodes ago we were talking specifically about this dungeon from Dark Age of Camelot called Darkness Falls and 
Dark Age of Camelot was a faction versus faction game, so it just the dynamics of it worked quite a bit differently than than certainly Dregs does. But anyway, that is the Mine Overseer's Tower, and and the way I would relate it to to your you know your point about Darkness Falls, I think is that it's it's something that's not keep related to fight over to to siege control over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you have to take over the the tower i guess or take possession of it there's a person that gets a buff gives a buff mm-hmm. in it and then that allows you to open the the treasure chest so at the mine at the mine specifically yes so there's there's some opening up some doing taking advantage of that but it's something else to to fight over that's not keep related so i thought that was pretty mm-hmm. cool yeah no i i agree completely and they also are moving mines to be only in adventure zones which at least in the current layout is a is the zone that's connected to the the temples so oh okay okay yeah that's interesting did it say where the tower was going to be placed i mean it has to be in the adventure zone because that's the only place that the mines are and it's specifically linked to giving you access to the mines so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would make sense. I was just wondering if, like, they'd put the tower in a completely different zone, and then... Ah, uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, again, I don't know. I don't think so. It, it, so it says, new outpost type in adventure zones where players can obtain the outpost buff overseer's mine keys, which allows player to open chests in the mines. So okay. there it ties that specifically to the adventure zone. So I think that's where where you'll see it. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So I, I don't know if this is the the full treatment that I have been demanding <laughs> with regards to the bank UI for so long, but they are adding sorting and search functionality to world banks. Yes. <laughs> which even if, even if it's literally just works the exact same way that your vault does, except now that's how it works in the dregs too. That's not what I wanted, but that's a huge, huge advantage <laughs> from where it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, gosh. I mean, we could say a million things about the vault. I mean, it's a pain. But considering that the search will be better, um, I mean, anything. anything. <laughs> I don't think it could, it could get worse. I don't know. I mean, I guess it probably could. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's pretty tough. I mean... I mean, it, it works. Yeah, you know, it would be worse if your items disappeared at random or something. But yeah, um, I mean, you know, I don't know. I've lost some disciplines. This is the. It's like your your disciplines are like the lost city of Atlantis. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Only people smoking a pipe believe you. I think so. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I didn't believe me when it happened. <laughs> I was like, surely I did something wrong. So I'm calling you out and I also feel like the game has stolen a discipline <laughs> from me. But I have no proof. So yeah, me fine. Fine. But yeah, so I think I think super cool with obviously the group super cool with the functionality of the to the the bank and being able to search and, and sort. I, I just hope that they continue to expand that to be able to to sort by and filter by the tags that already exist on the items. Oh, yes. But one step at a time. One step at a time. That's We're fine. getting there. It's steadily improving. I mean, I'm just stoked that it's in there. Yeah. No, I would agree. I would agree with that. And I think that 
you know, I say it every episode about how awesome the campaign structure is. And the campaign structure, though, does enable them to... It, I think it pushes them to have a patch every new campaign, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. to some extent, why not? You know, yeah. like, why not make some improvements? Because everyone's resetting anyway, so what a great opportunity. And I think that Artcraft's done a great job of taking advantage of that. And, and here we are, you know, in almost at the end of this campaign, getting ready to start the what will be the December into January campaign, and which I guess will probably be the sixth one. And the game has been improved dramatically from when it started in a variety of ways. So, and, and, and not just improved, but also balanced, right? They've made balance changes like capping the alliance size and all that stuff that I think is huge. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm steadily excited by everything new that's coming out. I think it's it's great. Everything seems fresh. And I, I saw that they're all balancing some of the disciplines, some of the, the way the classes work. And mm-hmm. so... Uh, that stuff, I imagine, will continue to happen along with whatever UI game improvements that come too. So, I don't know. I mean, we talked about it being a completely different game a year from when we started at its release, and I think that's going to happen. Yeah. Well, and you know, and honestly, to piggyback to, and I, I meant to tie this into what I had said earlier, and it just slipped my mind, but when I was saying earlier about how it's a a better time now for new players, the other thing that's true that we certainly didn't understand when we first started playing the game, the the balance of the game was wildly different back then. And in frankly, in many ways kind of broken, right? Mm -hmm. So if you remember, I mean, it was the first or second major patch where they, they were like, Oh, we're completely changing how personal damage modifier works. And we're completely changing how armor breaks work. Because basically, when the game launched, it was set up so that if you understood what you were doing, you could completely shatter someone else's armor, regardless, even if they were wearing plate, to effectively zero. You could buff your own damage mitigation to like 50% or something. So it's like you're almost, you know, not quite invulnerable, but nigh. And they are just now a wet paper sack. And... If you're new, there's no way you understood that, just like us. You know what I mean? Like, you don't understand the nuance of all that. Mm -hmm. And all of that is fixed now, too. So now, even if someone's been playing for a lot longer, there's not, you know, and maybe there are other things that I'm not aware of, just like I wasn't aware of that one until Artcraft put it in the patch notes. But (laughs) I think that there are at least less things that experienced players can just outright exploit Mm -hmm. that just completely you know, make it unfair for, for someone else. And that's, that matters. I mean, I remember when we very first started attacking uh, some people and it, it was like, I was doing zero damage and they would kill me almost instantly. Now I'm sure they were better equipped than I was and had a better sense of the game. So I don't mean to imply that like, Oh, that one specific patch note was the reason that I lost all of my fights or something. I mean, that's absurd, but now when I lose fights, like at least it feels like I'm playing against someone else who's also playing a character in the game <laughs> versus some NPC god thing that can't be damaged, you know? Yeah, um, I actually had a fight yesterday against a Myrmidon, and mm. uh, and I was an archer, and I, I mean, he completely smoked me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then 
someone mentioned like they brought up like nerfing it or something and i'm like i i actually don't even know if that's unfair at all that he beat me so well because i'm an archer and <laughs> and he was able yeah. to get up on me and i couldn't get away and you know it wasn't that much of a fight and of course i'm not that good at it either uh it was like i was messing around with a new build and new class and everything but i don't know i i think when pvp comes in uh, a lot of people will complain about the balancing you know if they're losing or i mean these classes are overpowered and this and that and i don't know it seems like artcraft has has done a good job in not overcorrecting and and kind of taking the balancing maybe more slow i don't know but yeah i think i think there's i think there's some truth to that uh, certainly you know the thing is is that okay so what's an example of a game that's lasted a really long time and that doesn't get balance updates chess mm-hmm. right yeah. chess doesn't get new rules or whatever <laughs> but it's also like it's chess it's a very rare thing that we have mm-hmm. almost every other competitive game is not as well designed as chess yeah right, right. and so it does require constant patch and balance updates and if if a developer gets too hasty with that it can start to to just not feel good to play it because it, you don't understand you know month over month or patch over patch whatever interval of time that is mm-hmm. what your character expectations should be right yeah. and so then it's like well i don't know if i'm supposed to win these fights or not so i think you're absolutely right that that not rushing to conclusions but at the same time i know that they have taken some drastic steps with very specific classes in some cases Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think that's also right you know what i mean it's also not it also doesn't make sense if something is clearly broken to leave it broken just because you know exactly Um, for sure so all right well i there's a lot of there's a lot more stuff in the patch notes i'm not going to read through every bullet point in there but i definitely encourage people to go check out the patch notes for 7.4 really excited to see those changes in the next campaign and yeah i'm really excited to finish out this last week of dregs and see where things shake out and then we'll have our day of anxiety next week (laughs) on the one day off between campaigns and then back to what we go I, i think i think it'll be a little bit better this time they've kind of uh, a lot of the guilds have, have started early. And so, I don't know. I mean, obviously things can change. There's, there's still a week to go. But at right. least I have some ideas of, of the way things are starting to shape. So it, right. I don't think it's going to feel as hectic, which is good. Nice. But yeah. Anything else you wanted to cover today? Um, that'll do it. Well, that's all for our show today. Follow us on Twitter and Minds at Pod. You can also check out my other podcast, The Walk Show, which explores the walk of life through interviews with a variety of guests, or my other show, Pick Up Your Sticks, which is a podcast about video games where we explore the idea of why gaming matters. As always, thanks for the listen. Have a great week. Stay up. Mm-hmm.